This is The Nature of Invisible Things with your host, Erin Kelly. Stories and conversations exploring the magic, mysticism, and creativity of the road less traveled. Hello and welcome to the Nature of Invisible Things, the podcast. I'm your host, Erin Kelly, and I'm so glad you're here. This is season one, episode five, and today I am joined by astrologer and chef Brittany Spire. I had the pleasure of meeting Brittany while we were enrolled at the Portland School of Astrology, and Brittany is one of those folks that quickly became someone that I just enjoyed their presence immensely. And you're going to get to meet a few of these people uh, on this podcast, but Brittany, I would describe her as uh, a childhood friend that I met in adulthood. And what I mean by that is she's just one of those people who, when you're with her, you feel like a kid again, and you can imagine just running around, riding bikes, having adventures, and you know, just anything is possible because you're so caught up in the magic and the wonder of the moment that everything just takes on a beautiful quality and time seems to stand still. And that's, that's my experience of Brittany, not to mention that she's marvelously talented at both astrology as well as um chef skills in creating menus and preparing those menus and serving those menus and creating amazing immersive experiences that take the astrology of the moment, the chart of the day. And just like someone would take in a, a chart to or select an election to have an event like a wedding or something like that, this is similar, but not quite. This is where there is a dinner or some sort of event where taking a look at the chart and then creating a menu for the moment. And it's similar to seasonal eating, but there's a intuitive quality as well. And Brittany has also been known to take into account the charts of the people attending those dinners if they're known. And yeah, it's just pretty marvelous. The first time I saw it was when Brittany presented uh, a project. I think it was a case study and she created a chart for, or excuse me, created a menu for the birth chart of Alanis Morissette. And it was just awesome. And I won't be able to do it justice. So make sure that you uh, check out Brittany's social media links. They are in the show notes and you'll be able to see some of these amazing dinners and get to experience it vicariously through the magic of social media. But before we get there, one thing that I just wanted to point out is the magician's table. And so the magician's table is the other container you hear a lot about on this podcast, because that's where I found my another part of my magical community, in addition to Portland School of Astrology. And 
The Magician's Table is a transformative three-month journey that empowers you to unleash the creative, intuitive, or healing practitioner within. And it doesn't matter if you are an astrologer or a tarot reader or an Akashic record reader or all three or a secret another thing. <laughs> In this space, you'll get to connect with a diverse and supportive community and embark on the path of personal growth and emergence. And I've been through this experience twice. It's one of the reasons I am who I am today. I knew that I had a gift that I wanted to share with the world. And it was the magician's table, but the curriculum as well as the experience provided me with what I needed most, which was belief in, myse in myself. And if you followed me for any period of time, you know how much I hated school. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I didn't love learning because my Venus is in Sag and learning is life. I love a learning approach that supports my autodidact leanings, and I also learn best by experience. You know, I think books are amazing. I want hashtag secret librarian, want to be all the things, but knowing something in the mind without practical application is just not the same. And so I think that's why the magician's table worked so well for me. You know, this container is a real life learning lab where you get practical hands-on experience in developing or refining your craft. So it's not learning your craft, it's just getting to practice it in a supportive environment. And the Magician's Table really helped me create my offerings as they are today. I got to move from a more standard astrology reading kind of template that I learned in school into honing what really gets me excited and what I wanted to share with others. And really every part of my life changed as I stepped into more alignment with my personal gnosis, my confidence grew. And now I'm self-employed. And while I would have likely gotten here eventually, it was so much more fun to do this in community. And this year for 2024, I am one of the 13th readers for this cohort, along with Samar Jade and Nicole France Co. And this experience hosted by Britton LaRue kicks off with an online initiatory weekend, March 23rd and 24th, and then continues to meet on most Wednesdays from March 27th through June 19th. So all the way almost to the summer solstice. So if you are an emerging reader, healer, magician, or creative of any kind, I highly encourage you to join us at the table. I hope you'll check it out. I'm leading the midday Wednesday co cohort at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, but you can't go wrong with any of them. I really hope you'll join us and share the magic within you. And if you decide to apply, mention my name on your application. I'll have a link to where you can get more information in the show notes. And if you include my name on your application, you'll get 20% off your tuition. And this can't be combined with any other discounts, but there are still plenty of scholarships available. Early bird ends February 25th, and I believe enrollment in the whole program ends like March 19th or March 20th. So be sure to check it out. And without further ado, I am thrilled to share my conversation with Brittany. Brittany is the creator of Be Inspire Astrology and Food Scopes. She is an ever-changing, ever-curious artist, creative astrologer, chef, and mystical being. Brittany blends her two loves, food and astrology, to create immersive experiences with the archetypes through passion, knowledge, and magic. And again, I've got Brittany's links to her social media and her website in the show notes. Be sure to give her a follow. And without further ado, please welcome Brittany Spire. Bon appétit. 
Welcome, Brittany, to the Nature of Invisible Things. I'm so glad you are here. Thank you so much, Erin. I am I'm so excited to be here. I am thrilled. As soon as I was putting together my guest list, I I was like, we have to have the astrologer chef on the podcast because this is so fun. I mean, you're a fantastic person anyway to have on, but I just think like what you're doing is so unique and I can't wait. I know we're going to get into it, but for listeners, how I had the pleasure of meeting Brittany was through Portland School of Astrology. And we were both in the two-year program, but in the first year we were in different cohorts. And then we got to meet and be in the same cohort the second year, the Rose cohort, along with some many other of our friends and uh, fellow students. And I just remember I had met Brittany here and there on some of the um, cross-pollination of the cohorts in year one. And I just remember being like so excited to like hear what you had to say and get to know you. And it just felt like I just needed to know this person. Like I couldn't wait to like get to know more about you and who you were. And of course, in year two, that proved to be like absolutely correct. There's just something about Brittany that makes my, I'll speak from my experience, my intuition just fire at a more rapid pace. And I am, you know, we both have a few things in common. I actually didn't ask you this before we hit record, but are you okay if I talk about, we're going to talk about astrology. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. And so one of the things that (laughs) I was really excited because Brittany and I both have, um, sun in detriment or fall. And then we both have eighth house suns conjunct the North node as well. So (laughs) it's kind of like, wow, uh, somebody gets it. Somebody understands. And I just find Brittany is that person who is just always game for like anything. I feel like I could throw anything out there to you and you'd be like, yes, that's fantastic. Let's go. And to have that type of support in your life is just, it's something that's priceless. And I, you know, I think of like, when I met you, Brittany, like this was one of the friends that I wish we had met when we were little. Oh my gosh. Because just the amount of fun and shenanigans that um, we would get in. And the last thing I, I, well, maybe not, but like one of the last things I'll say is like, when we get together, we can tend to talk for hours upon hours. The first year we went to Norwalk, uh, we went together and that was like, I don't know, 72 hours of like nonstop conversation. And we got home and it could have continued, (laughs) which was the funny thing. Yeah. In fact, I think it may have. I think we hung out the next (laughs) night again for like a little dinner party. (laughs) That's true. That's true. We did. And so, yeah, I just, I'm really appreciative of your spirit and your non-judgmental, like welcoming uh, personality. And you create such a loving space uh, for folks that, yeah, I'm really thrilled to have more people get to know you and get to hear about your work. And so I'm wondering, this is a question I'm asking everyone, and you can answer this in whichever way that you feel is most true for you in this moment. But I would love if you could describe uh, who you are in this moment, and if you feel comfortable, which I think you do, sharing your your big three with folks. 
Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Erin, the sweetest. And I just love and adore you, as you know. Um, but yeah, I my name is Brittany. I use she, her pronouns. Um, how I would describe myself now, uh, it really is changing all the time. So in this moment, um, I would describe myself as an artist, a creative, a chef, an astrologer, a tarot reader. Um, and again, it's like, I feel like I'm kind of uh, a forever student. Like I'm always trying to learn more. I'm always trying to evolve. And that's the magic of this practice is that, you know, you can. Um, I'm an Aquarius sun, Gemini moon, Cancer rising. And I think it's pretty noteworthy to say of six planets in Capricorn that usually comes up. So I'll mention it here. And, and that's at its core. That's who I am right now. Yeah, I love that Capricorn stellium. It's funny because I have that Libra stellium. And, you know, if you just looked at those things on paper, like you would think like we yeah. probably might not see eye to eye on some things, but what did we do? And I was like, what is it that makes it flow like it does? And I was looking and we both have the water rising, I think is part of it. Mm -hmm. And then our Uranus placements are sextile. <laughs> oh, fun, Erin. I did not know that. So I'm like, oh, okay. Suddenly things are starting to click. And that's probably why like my, you know, I feel like my intuition just fires on rapid fire, like when we're in proximity or when we're in conversation, which is really cool. And so curious about like how, uh, how you came to find Portland School of Astrology or what prompted you to dip your toe into the waters of the cosmos Oh, yeah. Um, so, so much <laughs> had happened. It was at the end of my Saturn return, which was a wild ride. And I, up until that point, I was working in professional kitchens. I was uh, a private event chef. And that's really where I thought I was going to be forever. Um, I had some pretty traumatic things happen within that period of time. And then, you know, 2020, the, the world as we knew it, you know, ceased to exist. And I was kind of stuck in a place of well, what do I do now? What do I do now? What am I going to do for myself? And I always laugh whenever I tell this story, because I was at a crossroads. And I was like, am I going to go get my real estate license? Or am I going to go to culinary? Or am I going to go to astrology school? And the two seem so like, what? Like, it's just like, <laughs> those were the two options. Um, ultimately, I was like, I don't care about real estate. Um, and I do really care about astrology. I had been studying for years before that, just on my own reading books and, you know, just self studying. And I was like, I think I'm ready to take my practice a little bit further. So uh, in the fall of 2020, I started school at Portland School of Astrology. And it was, I mean, one of the very best decisions I've ever made in my life. I found a group of just such amazing people, people that I think I had been looking for my entire life. And, you know, one of our teachers, Amanda, always says, like, you know, your group of weirdos. And it's like, I really <laughs> found my, my group of weirdos at this yes. school. And it's, it's, you know, the rest is kind of history. I love that. I I hadn't heard her say that before, but it makes it's totally an Amanda thing. And and for listeners, Brittany and I both after Portland School of Astrology, we went and we on to study evolutionary astrology for like 
I don't know, what was that, like eight or nine months of like yes. hard hitting? Oh, oh. what even is time? Yeah. <laughs> Are we spelunking like in the depths of our psyche, Amanda? Pretty much. <laughs> and, and that was, yeah. So just, it, so we continued on in like our uh, educational foray uh, together for a little bit. And yeah, it just was such a, such a special time. And I think, um, really provided my experience there during that time was that this was like a connective tissue. It was a foundation that was holding me somewhat together through the transition of, you know, the pandemic for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And then, um, and one of the things like I'll never forget is I want to hear well, I'll never forget my experience seeing it for the first time. That's kind of what's present for me and coming through is like the first time I saw you present food scopes was part of a project or a case study. And I've seen it a couple of times in a couple of different uh, classroom kind of scenarios. And it just blew my socks off. And I, I wanted to like open up my bank account and be like, Brittany, take all my money. Let's invest. Yes. Let's get this going because I hadn't seen anything like it before. And so Brittany, I was wondering if you could share a little bit about the moment that you put, well, the moment that you put astrology and food together and, or how that kind of came to be. You know, I don't actually even know the exact moment. It kind of was a it was really organic, honestly. It was those were my two passions. And whenever I thought about it, it's like they just fit so well together. It really didn't I didn't have to try to fit them. It's they they just they really they worked together very well. And it was through Portland School of Astrology. We were doing our final and I'm, I'm extremely interested in lunar living. And I really thought that that was the route that I was going to go. But whenever I would like sit down to do presentations around it, it just wouldn't make my heart sing in the same way. So I was like, well, what does? What, what is it that I really want to do? And it was whenever I was starting to look at the chart and say, well, if, if this chart was a person, what meal would I make for it? Or what if this chart, you know, what menu would I make this chart? How would I represent this in a real tangible way? And it just came together so naturally. Um, so after my first final with PSA, I was like, hey, that was so fun. I had so much fun doing it. And then the feedback I got was phenomenal. Everyone was so supportive, including you. And I was just like, I, I just had so much support around it. And I was like, okay, there's, there's something with this. I, I just want to see how it evolves. And it just is at its core, real fun. Like I just have such a fun time doing it. Um, and it also makes me get in touch with the archetypes in a different way. Like it, it really expands my understanding of the archetypes every time I, I do it. And there's no right or wrong answer. It's just like, it's just a feeling, you know, you, I just kind of trust my gut when it comes to it. And again, the, the feedback has been fantastic. So that's been amazing. Yeah. And for listeners, just so you know, like, this isn't food scopes, like in theory, either. Like, uh, it is actually like you made the food, like you put it together, <laughs> you made the recipe, like you tasted it, you photographed it, like it was a full on like magazine type shoot with um, the menu, the chart of the day, like it was pretty, it, it was pretty captivating and phenomenal. And what I love about it is 
I think it's another wonderful way to make the archetypes of astrology and make astrology real and concrete. When I first started kind of having more professional readings before I went to astrology school, one of the people that I had a reading from was um, Kimberly from Star Signs, Star Signs Style. And basically she interprets your natal chart through fashion. And yeah, as a Libra person, like that was very interesting to me. Like I'm pretty casual most of the time because, you know, Pisces and Sagittarius on the on the axis there. But it was it helped me understand astrology in like a whole new way. And I think food is like another fantastic way to get the vibe of like, oh, Mars foods might be kind of sour or spicy or very pungent in some way. Um, but before we continue on that, I you mentioned lunar living, and I think that's something that listeners might not be familiar with or would like to know more about. So this is not textbook lunar living, but like, what's the Britney Spire take on uh, lunar living? Well, as a Cancer rising, like I, I'm obsessed with the moon. I love it. My love language is look at the moon. Did you see the moon? <laughs> um, and one thing I love about it is it's just living in cycles and recognizing those cycles and how you feel during them. And, you know, that also can come into to food and how, you know, you relate to it. But I think just accepting that, you know, we are at our core animals and it's to look around at nature and what nature is doing around these cycles. Like we are the same and it, it's kind of tapping into them. And again, it doesn't, there's not one way to do it. It looks different for everyone. And I think that that's the beauty of it. It's you can kind of do it however, however you want to. But I really enjoy, you know, cleaning my house at the new moon, like really setting my space at the new moon and thinking about, all right, well, what do I want to manifest? Or what do I want to bring in around the full moon? What do I need to release in order to do that? And working with the cycles in that way um is just added just a really simple way for me to work with it um and then you can take it as far as you want to and you know some moons or some seasons i'm like you know i'm too tired like this last leo full moon it really took it out of me it oh, really took it out of me. i think that you know pluto in the mix was uh, a real jolt to the system and you know I'll definitely get a full moon hangover and this one was no exception and so just honoring yourself and your body and you know your spirit whenever you feel those ways also I think is really important like just because one person is manifesting with every moon doesn't mean that you also have to do that it's you know listening to yourself and trusting you know the nature of your body yeah, that's, I think that's really important. And actually, that's a key thing that I want folks to take away from just this podcast in general is that there's no one right way to like live your life. And all of these are options that I think make life more interesting and fun. And I'm curious if you, um, do you use any particular type of like moon journal or moon tracker? Or are you just kind of utilizing your own system of just noting where the moon is. If you, if you feel comfortable sharing like a little bit more about your process there. Well, yes, my, my absolute favorite one is um, the many moons lunar planner by Sarah Faith Godestiner. I have been using that 
since 2019. So I have a, a, and I use it as my journal also. So for the past six years, I have a daily record of <laughs> my tarot polls of the day, how I've been feeling, what I'm going through in each moon cycle. And I think also just like keeping record of that is really important. Like, to be able to go back and track, okay, when the moon is in this sign, I feel this way. Oh, I'm noticing a pattern here. And it's like, it just gives you a lot of insight. And I could not recommend that enough. Like, especially Sarah's work is, was life changing for me, honestly, it was one of the things that really pushed me in the direction of astrology. Yeah, I love Sarah's too. And I don't know her specifics, but I know she's a cancer, if she's not a cancer moon, she's a cancer rising as well. So I think there's there's definitely yeah, some there's cancerian. A strong, <laughs> yes. cancerian. There's a strong vibe. lunar lunar love there also. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so what do you think, like, if you think back to your youth and youth, like, you know, however you want to define that, like before the age of 21 or before Saturn return, <laughs> I'm so, so because I'm in middle age, <laughs> to me, youth is like all the way up to Saturn return. <laughs> It's like the first time. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I love it when I read for people, when I occasionally I get clients that aren't even to their Saturn return yet. And I just am like, oh, like it's so precious. And yeah, I'm just, it's so sweet. I'm I'm thinking, yeah. So I'm curious. So in your, can you think back to some of the maybe natural skills or abilities or talents or interests that you had growing up that you can see reflected in your work now? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, I have always just been so curious. That is the thing that drives me. I think that's my Gemini moon, for sure. I'm just a forever curious person. And so when something, you know, kind of piques my interest, I'm like, oh, I want to do a deep dive on this. Like, what does this look like? Um, and I've always been that way, but also I'm extremely sensitive, like I, you know, cancer rising. And I, I think as a kid, I didn't appreciate that for what it was. I think I, you know, was maybe a little bit ashamed around how sensitive I was and post Saturn return, I've realized it's really a gift and I can use it, you know, in many ways. Also, I have the gift of gab. I can chat with just about anybody. It's I love people. I love chatting. Like that's something that I really love to do. And I think also having, you know, being a cancer rising and having Jupiter in cancer, I always really loved food. I was surprisingly an extremely picky child, but I used to watch, you know, Iron Chef America and Julia Child and all of these things when I was little. And I just was so impressed with all of that. It just was amazing to me what people could do with food. And I just kind of started cooking on my own. And also I read, you know, a ton of horoscope things. If I would get like my 17 magazine in the mail, I'd be the first thing I would do is flip back to the horoscope and be like, all right, what's going on with Aquarius? So it's all of these little things kind of all fit together. And I can look back on it and think like, Oh, this is the path that I've kind of always been on. And I'm arriving to it now. And it just, again, it felt really natural. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds like I can just picture um, little Brittany (laughs) running around (laughs) watching the cooking shows and talking to people like I can see that as well. And I relate to the chattiness right now. My my progress rising is Gemini. So like, I'm just like, Yes, my progress moon is Cancer. So yeah, I was talking with Samar 
um, Jade, who was the guest on a pod on the podcast, um, maybe like episode, the official first episode, and they are a Capricorn sun cancer moon. So full moon. And it is a very Mm -hmm. kind of similar, um, I don't want to say like story, but experience like growing up with the sensitivity and like these big emotions Mm -hmm. and just not really understanding how, um, how to embody that in a way that like felt good and safe. And then in the end, like what, um, and I call, I say gift a lot. And one of the things I, what I'm coming to realize is like, everyone is intuitive to, to whatever degree, but like to be able to claim the sensitivity to, to claim the ability to um, feel your big emotions, that's the gift. It's being able to like, say, this Mm -hmm. is me. And you know, what of it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Stepping into the power of what that entails. Yeah. And I'm curious, like, throughout your journey, either as a chef or as an astrologer, or just whatever answer kind of wants to emerge, you know, what has been maybe the most challenging or a, a big lesson that you learned? You know, um, there's probably been a ton, but I also think one of the challenges was just to, to trust myself to, you know, to, to step into that power to be like, I, you know, I had, um, it was really tough for me growing up and that I would watch the people around me knew exactly what they wanted to do and what path they needed to take and how they were going to do it. And it was just so cut and dry. And that was just never me. And I truly was envious of it. I was like, why can't I just like pick this career path and then go for it and not be the thing like, it, it bothered me that it was really hard for me to settle on one thing. And then one of the challenges was just acceptance around that's just not who I am. And that that's not a detriment. That's actually a gift. And it, that's goes with the you know, always changing, always evolving. Um, you know, a pal son, like I'm going to be changing, you get this completely. It's like, we are going to be changing for the rest of our lives and like transforming and just accepting that that's the way it's going to be and not like holding on for dear life to something that just isn't working anymore. And those are hard lessons to learn. And that came with my sadder return. Like, you know, if, it, if it's heavy, let it go. And that was part of it. So I think the biggest one, it sounds simple, but it was really probably my most profound was to just accept and trust who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's, I think, one of the hardest things to do when, like you said, you're not seeing a path that in, in life, or you're not seeing a place like reflected to you in the world and you're having to like carve that out for yourself. Like at Mm -hmm. first it's like, we want to, I think, especially when we're small, like we seek, I don't want to say the word sameness, but we, we seek congruence in a way. And like, when there isn't any, it makes you kind of like, is something wrong with me? Or like, why, why can't I? Yeah. It's hard to feel kind of like an outsider a little. And I think that that is, you know, part of, you know, being an eighth house Aquarius son, like, I'm like, I kind of forever feel a little bit on the outside. But it's, I think, also, reframing the way that is, um, and the way you think about it, 
helps. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it's a long path to get there. It was a long journey to get there. And I I recognize that that is going to look absolutely different from everyone, wherever they're out on their path. But I think that, you know, the beauty of, you know, having these conversations with you and the people in astrology school and seeing that so many people feel this way, it's, it, you know, it warms my heart a little because it's like, we're all feeling this way. And there's a, there's a place for all of us. Mm -hmm. And if, if you don't see, you know, what you want to do out in the world, it doesn't mean don't do it. It means, well, you know, here you are, you're, you're here to forge that path. And that's scary, but it's also really exciting because Mm -hmm. you get to do it however you want to do it. It hasn't been done before. And there's a real magic and beauty in that. Yeah. One of the quotes I love, I don't know that it's a quote, but I guess it's one of these things you learn as you get older. It's like, everybody doesn't, Nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody's making it up as they go. And I'm like, really? Like, ah, I just thought I would get to a certain age and just have everything figured out. And that's the only thing I figured out is that no one knows what they're doing. (laughs) Yes, I would agree with that completely. And I mean, I think some people can make it look easier than others, you know, it's like, but I think it's just being adaptable, being able to adapt to the change and if there's one thing I learned in the last few years, it's just how adaptable I actually am. And that change is in that uncomfortable feeling that comes with change. That is truly how you grow. And it's, I never want to get to a spot where I'm just completely comfortable because it's like, then that means I just stopped growing and evolving and I'm good at being uncomfortable. I've learned. And that has again been a great lesson to learn I want to be like Brittany your Capricorn is showing I know I could hear it even just (laughs) just insane and I'm like you know it it definitely comes through yeah but it's beautiful you know I think um I remember and I I think this might have been Portland School of Astrology if not it was when we were in Amanda's immersion for evolutionary astrology but there was at one point where you updated your profile picture to the more of like the, to embrace the cap Venus, I think. And we all just went nuts for it because it was like, (laughs) yes, yes. And it was awesome. So I think, yes, let the Capricorn out, let the Capricorn shine for sure. And um, I would love to hear about a time that you had to make a pivot or you had to make a change and then how your practice or how astrology or your work as a chef or a work as a astrology astro chef. How do you, how do you, do you say that a particular? You know, I mean, I still am figuring out how I describe it because again, I don't, I don't really know anybody else who's, I'm like chef astrologer. Like I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, um, it's its own thing. <laughs> it's, you know, whatever yeah. it wants to be called. But could you could you rephrase the mm-hmm. question or re-say yeah. it? Yeah. So what I was saying is like, uh, or asking about is a time, if you could share about a time like you had to make a change or make a pivot. Um, and that could be related to your chef career, your astrology career, or your Zodiac chef career. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I think it also goes back to, you know, around 
2020. It was like the world changed and the restaurant industry really took a hit and as did everyone, but it was like, we all were like, well, what do we do now? And that never seemed like something that would go away, you know, previously. I thought that there, this would be something that would always be there. And it was, I was kind of met with this crossroads where it's like, well, it's not. And what do you do now? Um, And also I had my identity so tied up into my career and what I was doing as a chef. And it was really kind of a shock to be like, well, if I don't have that, then who am I? And I had to really find myself again, again, part of the Saturn return process. Who am I now? And I think that the pivot was just like following really my heartstrings, like where I was being called to go. And it seemed, I think that that's my Capricorn stellium. Also, it honestly seemed a little silly. Like I was like, is this something that I can actually do? Is it like, what am I doing with this? Yeah, it's an interest and a hobby, but like, can I do anything with it? And I just trusted the process that I was like, well, all I know is this is really what I want to do. I had a really um, intense dream of about going to that school. And it, it was like, this is a yes. This is where you need to go. This is the path that you need to be on. And I think that that comes with that being okay with change that I was like, all right, I'm going to trust at a time where I felt like, you know, what do I have to lose at this point? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go all in. And it proved to be really worth it. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, I I understand that sensation, though, of like, oh, is this like having the question? And I also can relate to having identity wrapped up in career. And yeah. I just think, um, you know, it's what a what a gift. Again, I always use that word gift because it is like to have these realizations, Um young like you are, because I think there's so much more life to be lived. And one of the things, and I have to always re- reiterate to folks that listen, like, I'm happy. Like, I I think of always the what if, because it's my curious nature. I'm like, what mm-hmm. if I figured it out a lot earlier? Like, yeah. where would I be? Who would I be? And hopefully I would be this. So <laughs> it just would Exactly. No, I think all roads lead to this. Like this yeah. is really where where you would end up. Um, it may have, you know, there might be some side quests along the way, but I think that this is true, especially for you, Erin. I, I just feel like this really is the work that you are meant to do. And mm-hmm. it's like I say, you know, the work, but it's <laughs> in, in heavy quotations because I think of work um you know and and not the way that we're used to thinking about it like as you know what is your job or you know like having your identity wrapped up in what you do to pay your bills it's like the work that your soul is meant to do in this lifetime and i think that you really found it i i (laughs) i trust and adore you i was saying this before i everything you do is with such integrity and heart. And I just so appreciate that about you. And it's just been, I, the, the Portland School of Astrology and, you know, just this community in general has opened me up to like, just such beautiful, wonderful people. And I am so, so grateful for that. It really is, you know, you feel like you found your group. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah. you see you and accept you as your, you know, as you show up. And 
and all of the messy and complicated and, you know, multidimensional ways. And I'm just very grateful for that. Yes, I agree. Um, just for listeners, we talk about Norwak a lot, and I don't always go in to explain what that is. So maybe I'll take a chance to do that now. But Norwak is like the Northwest Astrology Conference. And this year in 2024 will be its 40th anniversary. And it'll be, um, I've only gone two other times before, but last year was just so much fun. And that finding so that family. Yeah, that's like, it's it, it was, it's like someone expand. And I know like, uh, anyone who follows astrology on the platform formerly known as Twitter, I like almost refuse to say X. Talk about like not being able to move on. My Taurus self note is like, it's Twitter. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of like, I don't know, a lot of infighting among astrologers online sometimes, yeah. but I just feel like at Norwalk, it's not that way, or at least it doesn't, no. everybody is there in the spirit of camaraderie and it's just such a joyful experience. And it's a, it's a, like Portland School of Astrology, like some of the other containers I've been in, if you have been hiding parts of yourself or masking parts of yourself, these are places where you can try your try your personality back on and just get that like muscle memory of like what it feels like just to relax and take a deep breath. Uh, Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's so important to find that, to find that community. And yeah, I um, speaking of like identity and job, I'm curious, like how, how you see your quote unquote work now, your, your life path and, the, I'm just going to call you the Zodiac chef just for, I like the way that sounds in my head. Don't feel free not to attach to that and change it. But um, how, how that relates to like, when we think about late stage capitalism and just some of the impact that we're seeing of like really having the awareness of what colonialism has done. I'm curious, like how you think about your work in relation to those themes? Yeah, well, I think that's a great question because the the food industry as a whole is a very, it's, it's a very toxic place to be perfectly honest. And I think that there's change that's coming with that, but it, it really is. Um, and especially around capitalism, it's like constantly thinking, you know, what can I do to make money? I, I, I putting, you know, I think that it's like putting your values and your ethics aside sometimes is like what, you know, late stage capitalism calls for. And it's reframing that. It's like, first of all, recognizing that that exists and how can we do it differently? And I think that that's something that I'm still learning and, and working on myself. And I think how I'm, I'm starting to do that is, cooking food that makes sense to me and and not doing it for uh, a, a profit necessarily at this time or thinking like, how can I capitalize off of this all the time? And I, and I get like, you know, we do live in a world that you need to have capital and, and certain, certain situations, but also it's like, are you doing something for yourself? Are you doing it because it's, it's what is making your, your heart sing? Mm -hmm. And, and 
how you can grow a business off of that and and still do it with ethics and it's it's hard and I don't have anybody working for me also I don't have any you know anybody else it's it's really just me kind of doing it and it, it really is kind of just me making art you know is, is right. how I feel and I feel like that in itself is pretty radical and it's like just it doing it for the sake of art and um but it is something that I'm I'm very aware of and I don't want to perpetuate or be in the mix with and being really mindful about what does that look like going forward if I if I do want to do this um you know professionally or as a business like what that looks like and I think taking example from from you from Channy Nicholas like from people who are doing these things in a really ethical way and recognizing hey there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of just wrong in these systems and how we can redo it. And um, I'm here for the conversation for sure. Yeah. I I feel similarly, like I don't get it right all the time, but I'm, I'm willing to take a look at it, which I think finding out that there was something to look at just blew my world open. And that happened um, in my Uranian opposition, which you have something to look forward to. Um, you know, no I, yeah, I mean, actually, it's fine, everyone, just so you know, it's these things are we all go through our midlife transits, but really, like they, they really, I was thinking about this the other day, like we, there's that concept of timeline jumping of like how you if you want to like, move to another timeline, you just begin to embody the characteristics and like begin to live as that person. And essentially, that's how you jump timeline. But I also think the outer planets and the malefics will come along and help you move to another timeline, like when it's time, you know? Anyway, so yeah, these things. And it's it's just like, that's the midlife transits for me really showed where I thought I was being an ally where I thought I was um, aware of my privilege. I just showed me like I had so much more work to do. And yeah. still I'm realizing now that uh, similar to what we were talking about and being an eighth house son and just this concept of constantly transforming and that will never exactly arrive. Like we're always in yeah. the process of arriving and I've come to look at like this work that way as well. Like there yeah. are going to be times I say the wrong thing and there are going to be times that, you totally. know, I, I inadvertently cause harm. And that is, um, it's uncomfortable for a form of people pleaser <laughs> to think <Yes>. like, <laughs> I might hurt someone, but like it, it got to the point where like, I was not sharing myself with the world for fear of causing harm. And that wasn't, yeah doing anyone any favors. And so, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, so I'm right there with you. It's like, they're there for the conversation. And, um, I've been unpacking my past career a lot Mm -hmm. in how I was. Yeah. yeah, And that, that's been kind of cringy, but, um, also realizing, Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all kind of feel that way. It's it's a different it's a different world now, and and that's a good thing. Like it's it's like we can't we can't go back. It was it wasn't working before, and right. you know the old spiritual saying, the only way out is through. And so it's like we have to be willing to have those uncomfortable conversations or sit with those 
uncomfortable self-realizations to form a new world, to form, you know, this, what, what we want in the future for everyone, for equality for all, for just um, people over profit, period. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, it, it's, yeah, I think that that's um, just a really good point that it's like, we're going to miss, we're going to mess up. We're going to, totally. you know, we're, we're going to stumble on our words. We're going to do those things. And it's giving ourselves and others grace when we do that. And just all you can do is try harder next time. Or, you know, just when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's doing better when you know better. Yes. Yes. And speaking of change, um, I'm curious as an Aquarian person with an Aquarius sun, uh, how how Pluto moving into Aquarius has been, if you'd like to share, if you'd like to share how, how that's felt and um, if you have any, any thoughts on like what you think Pluto and Aquarius might mean for, for folks that have Aquarian placements. Yeah. Well, you know, I I won't say I was like, ner- I was actually really excited about Pluto moving into Aquarius. I was like, all right, like, let's, you know, it's time for some change. Let's shake it up. Like, let's see what Pluto and Aquarius has in store. And I'm like, oh, the revolution, it's here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's what's happening with Pluto and Aquarius. But my experience of it, well, let me back up. I have Pluto square the sun. And so Plutonian themes are huge in my life. Eighth house sun, conjunct the North node, square Pluto. I'm familiar with Pluto. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm very familiar with Pluto, uh, Pluto and Scorpio. And, but the, the shift from Pluto to, from, you know, Pluto and Capricorn to Pluto and Aquarius, which Pluto and Capricorn has been just grinding away at my Capricorn stellium for the past, you know, since 2008, which basically my entire adult life. So mm. I know nothing else like is how <laughs> it feels. I'm, I just am in the depth with this. So then, you know, in another like 10 years, it's going to be approaching my son. But in the time being, you know, I think that with Pluto and Aquarius, my thought is that we are going to see a breakdown of these systems that aren't working we are going to see new ways you know being brought to you know the light and i think that there's going to be a rise of activists i think that there's going to be a rise of just communities and a community focused world which i think we are all craving so much i think we're craving it so much and we don't even realize how much we're craving it and i think pluto and aquarius is going to help kind of bring that to fruition. Um, And I also think, you know, space travel and space exploration, not in like a gross billionaire, you know, Jeff Bezos going up to space kind of way, but in like a a real, what is out there and what, what are we going to learn and what do we, we not know? And how is that going to, you know, shape the way we see, we think about the future and, and what we're doing. And I am just, you know, as an Aquarian, I love talking about space and I love, you know, talking about aliens. And I think that that is definitely something that comes with Pluto and Aquarius. I think we are going to find that there are other forms of life definitively out there and, um, and what that means for us as a species and, you know, maybe kind of filling in some blanks that we've had throughout history. And I, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to see what comes of it. Yeah. I'm, I vacillate between, 
uh, I don't know, like some discomfort and, and I'm open to exploring that. I have Pluto will is square my nodes right now. So like, that's mm -hmm. part of the, that's part of the reason. Um, but I, yeah, I'm mostly excited, but then I can get kind of caught up from time to time in, oh no, like it's going to be really uncomfortable, but it, I also feel like it's necessary. And that probably yeah. I was talking with someone that probably those of us, and I'm putting myself in this category that have grown up with a degree of privilege and comfort, like that's, mm -hmm. even if I think about anti-capitalist decolonial themes and dismantling of white supremacy culture and patriarchy because of my privilege there are parts of me that are wrapped up in the benefit from that and I think that's where I'm like oh that's probably yeah ripping that band-aid is going to probably yeah. be uncomfortable but also I can get very excited about thinking about the future and about how it might be especially as um I just think about too like the planet and you know, as resources mm -hmm. are become more finite, like the resources are finite, but as we, we're really yeah. going to have to work together in order to make, make this, make it a place that's habitable for all. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how, how that, I think there's going to be like just a lot of us having to come together and work together in different ways. And um Yeah. That's one, one thing, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about too is as we start to round out is um, if you could talk about like your offerings at the present time and like where folks can find you. Yeah, definitely. So I do natal chart readings. Um, you can find me on my website. It's beinspireastrology.com. I also do tarot readings and then personalized ritual that goes along with that. I love ritual. Um, I think it's just a way to make the mundane pretty magical. Um, so that's something I'm also passionate about. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram at beinspire.astro and TikTok the same. And I just, you know, I like to, I have fun over there. It's like, that's my kind of creative outlet. It's me, you know, making food and talking about astrology and sharing memes and, you know, do, doing all the fun little astro things. Yeah, I know. I love it. Do you have, um, I'm going to put all the links in the show notes, but do you have, um, do you have a favorite platform out of the two? You know, I, I love TikTok. I just really do. Yeah. It's, um, I've learned so much. I also think that that is going to be really an interesting player in the Pluto and Aquarius uh, conversation. I just, I have a feeling, I don't know what that's going to look like, but um, I think that there's something to be said there. Uh, but also, you know, Instagram is fun also, but I think TikTok's probably my favorite. Yeah. I've had a couple of people say that and I'm, I kind of like, haven't quite gotten into the into the TikTok as us older <laughs> when folks it happens, say. It'll be it'll be a wild ride, let me tell you. Yeah. Well that that's basically folks were saying that TikTok just seems more welcoming and accepting. And yeah. and they said that it could have been like the particular bubble that they're in on TikTok, but that, you know, some of the um I'll just say I don't know what, how to exactly describe this, but some of the, 
the negativity that in- exists on like Instagram, they just haven't seen the same thing on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. It's, yeah, it's less filtered, I'd say. It's mm. it's less about, you know, it's it's more authentic. I, I There's also, you know, there's definitely going to be the curated stuff over there too. But I think it is, um, you're encouraged to show up authentically there. Mm. And I, and, and supported in that also. And I think that's, you know, that's something that I I really love. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, And one last thing that I'll just ask is if you could share, if you could give any piece of advice to young Brittany, like what would you tell her? Oh, again, I would say, you know, trust yourself you're not, you're not wrong for feeling the way that you're feeling. And it's, I don't know that I would change much anything, mm. honestly. I think it, it really shapes who I am today. So there's nothing that I would actually go back and change as much as I would just give her a hug. And I would tell her it's, it's going to be okay. Like you're, you're going to be really proud and happy of the life that you've built. And um, it, it might not seem like it now, and there will be times that it's not going to seem like it either, but you're, you're well on your way and you're finding, you know, who you are, who you came into this world to be. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of it. Oh, that's lovely. I know why you were speaking. The phrase that came to me was, um, you it's a it's that something about becoming the adult that little you would have felt really safe with. And I think yeah. that's something that is embodied in you. And I here's a question I've been meaning to ask, but it keeps slipping out of my consciousness. What is your go-to favorite snack or favorite food right now? Oh, well, right now, honestly, it's been like seaweed, which is really funny. But I, I was putting it together. I'm having a pretty... um pretty big, you know, all about this Neptune transit. Neptune is right on my mid heaven and squaring my moon. And I cannot get enough seaweed. <laughs> I've been loving it lately. And I'm just, I'm, I'm putting it with that. I think that that might be yeah. what it is. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's neat. And um, yeah, eventually Neptune will move away. And I know anyone who's had (laughs) Neptune, uh, I had it on my ascendant. I mean, it still kind of technically is and that's that's an adventure right there. We'll have to have a, another chat of just about Neptune and Neptunian experiences sometime. Like when we get, we get specialized, it will, or try to, right? I was going to say that there will be an attempt. <laughs> no promises when it comes to Neptune. I know. It just makes you kind of like drift away. Well, thank you so much for joining us on The Nature of Invisible Things, Brittany. Um, I can't wait for folks to see your amazing work and get to experience you as a reader, as a, um, and as a, and your food scopes. I think that's pretty amazing. Thank you so much, Erin. It was such a pleasure. You're so welcome. And there you have it, my conversation with chef and astrologer, Brittany Spire. Such a good time, such a wonderful person. Definitely follow them on social media and 
get a reading. You know, I think you would enjoy it very, very much. And I am dreaming of all kinds of ways to collaborate with Brittany on something. I have this burning desire to create some sort of like big solstice ritual where we have some type of feast and all kinds of things. You know, Brittany and I both are big fans of ritual and ceremony and, you know, being a Jupiter, heavy Jupiter, heavy Venus person. You know, I love a good time. <laughs> I like to enjoy myself. And I think the key theme through all of that is community. Um, that's something that both of us, I think, really found who we are when we found groups and others that helped us see our own magic and were supportive of one another. And you know, I've talked about this on other podcasts uh, that I've been a guest on before is that loneliness was an epidemic before quarantine. And I think it's only gotten worse, you know, um, so much of the world, so much of the powers that be seek to divide us when really we're just craving each other. And when you find folks that understand who you are, accept who you are, and reflect your magic back to you when you've forgotten, hold on to them you know, keep them close. So yes, check out the show notes, uh, follow Brittany on social media. Uh, it will definitely inspire you to make some delicious, delicious meals. And yeah, and also check out the magician's table, you know, and I think Norwak, I've got a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, I believe in-person tickets are sold out at this point, but you can join the conference virtually. It's it's something that I look forward to every single year. I couldn't imagine not attending um, pretty much at this point because that's just how important community is. And, you know, the astrology community is just unlike any other that I've found so far. It's just so, at least what I've been exposed to so far is just very welcoming and you know, you're probably getting to experience some of that, you know, through, through this podcast. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm wishing you lots and lots of love from all the places in between until next time. This has been the nature of invisible things produced, hosted, by Aaron Kelly, artwork by Aaron Kelly, music by Matthew Jai Dev of Audio Soul Healing.